This is a WKYT podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of, what is this, the 19th, 20th episode? We're Something moving like that. along. We're, time flies when you're having I'm fun. I'm shocked we've made it this far. Uh, and I'm com- also shocked by our next guest. Like <laughs> Conversations we, with Victor and Andrea. How we landed, Steve We Hartman. didn't land him. You landed him. I'm going to, this, I'm going to, this is a... Clap for Andrea because this was all you. you. You you made this happen. Well, as we've said, you do most of the work for That's our That's true. I guess it was it was good that you finally pulled your weight <laughs> and then some. And I can't even take all the credit. Uh, you know, I found out that Bill was going to interview Steve Hartman while he was here. He's given, he was giving a speech in Georgetown College for their scholarship series, and Bill got him for Newsmakers. And I was so jealous because I'm telling you, Steve Hartman is one of my heroes, and you're oh, going to well, be able we'll to We'll get tell. into that, yeah. Oh, I was so intimidated, but... I grew up, my grandparents, uh, we lived together. After my mm-hmm. dad died, we all lived in one house, and they watched a lot of CBS, CBS Sunday, Sunday Morning. morning. Yeah. So that's always been one of my favorite shows, even when I was young. And uh, his were always my favorite segments of like my favorite shows. So I look up to him a lot. And um, yeah, so Shelby, my EP, just was like, you should try to get Steve Hartman. It's like I didn't, the thought never crossed my mind. And so many times I, I think in him. life, yeah. we just don't even think to ask. We just assume the answer is no. You miss the shots you don't take. Exactly. So I, I think that taught me a good lesson that sometimes you just got to ask. We went for it and we got him. And yeah, it was, uh, as you'll hear near the end of the interview, uh, we may have went a little longer than we were anticipating. <laughs> yeah, we got in trouble. Like, oh, we got to go. We didn't actually get in trouble. Apparently... Everyone was outside, but they were afraid to come in. That's what Jeff told me. I don't know if we intimidate people I or if they were just, it. yeah. But I apparently. don't think we have that power. <laughs> I don't but. either. <laughs> but finally, Jeff came in and just gave me an eye. I was like, all right, man, we got it. I and could I, have talked to him all day. I mean, after, like, as soon as we were done, I was like, oh, I should have asked him this. Well, so I felt bad that we took him so long because I didn't know how long we had. And so then I was like, oh, I yeah, we do, we do need to get on the road, but on the road. But uh, anyway. That um, was an accident, but I love it. That's his segment, by the way, in case you don't know. But Steve Hartman is easily one of the most talented storytellers yeah and and even though up until now we focused on uh you know people who work in this building this he is someone you watch on wkyt mm-hmm. all the time so it felt pretty appropriate Part of the cbs family yeah that's right and so uh we were very um excited to him to talk to him and uh andrea was more than a little nervous yes but i think she calmed down some by the end i hope so i also really enjoyed that you put on i don't know if you put it on twitter but you definitely put it on instagram maybe all the faces you made while we were taking pictures. Oh, I was we, we a, I was a total pictures. mess. One of them turned out really good. Oh. And then there were a few where, uh, you know, there was, there was some stuff going on. I mean, you can see that I was a hot mess, which <laughs> I typically am. I mean, from the NCAA podcast, you kind of know how I am in real life. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it took me a minute to get it together, but I typically do. So, typically. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, here is our conversation with Steve Hartman. All right. So, first things first, I've done a little research so that we don't waste a moment of this podcast with you because this is your first podcast so it's my first which podcast. we just discovered yeah. which is a big deal a little intimidating for us because, because i'm a little bit of a i'm a little reclusive when i'm not on tv mm-hmm. and i try i don't do i don't do a lot of public speaking right. i don't do a lot of talking i just live on a farm with my family so um yes you should be flattered <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we did this, Victor. We got really lucky. I had it in my mind, Lexington. That's where I'm going to do my first one. There you there go. You go. We, we feel very honored and yeah. special because of that. So I think something when you I was really researching You really are nervous, this, aren't you? Look at you. Andrea I'm told fine. me she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so nervous. And now I her am. hand is shaking. She's holding her notes. I'm a huge fan. Let's just set that over there. I'm we'll a just, huge we'll fan. Okay. okay, I'll just talk. That's probably better. So I read somewhere that basically 
most people in this industry want that first breaking story. They want the top of the show, but yeah. you have started owning the last story. So kind of explain your mindset on that. Well, uh, you're right that most reporters, they're always competing for the first story, and I was never like that. I was never like that. I think partly because if you covered the lead story, well, a couple reasons. One is there's other reporters there. If you don't get, the re if you don't get that sound bite or get that angle, the boss is watching the other shows and he's going to know you messed up. If you're cover covering the, uh, the doll birthday party, you know, NBC and ABC are not there. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your version you. is the only record there is. Um, but I also like the chance to be able to be creative and to make people feel something. Right. Especially now, that's what I care about most because news does a really good job of making people fearful mm -hmm. and angry, um, but we don't do a very good job with joy. And I think at that last spot in the newscast, you can bring people some joy. Well, I think a lot of people's goal, or at least producers, you know, directors, they're like, just keep them till the end. You do that for the evening news. I mean, you've done that for a long time with On the Road. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know I always waited till the end to watch. So you also did this thing called Everybody Has a Story, which was an interesting concept. You literally threw a dart mm -hmm. at a map. Yeah, that started as a joke. Right. There was a guy in, in Lewiston, Idaho, who'd been doing that. He'd been flipping through the Lewiston, Idaho uh, phone book, pointing to a name and putting their story on the front page. He'd find out something about them. And I went and interviewed him, and then as a joke, I said, well, you can't really do that. What if I threw Where'd a dart at a, yeah, what if I threw a dart at a map of America, pick somebody out of the phone book, I'd get some mind-numbing nobody, and it would be kind of funny. It'd be funny for me to try to get a story out of them. We did that, and we got an amazing story. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> so CBS said, try it again, and I tried so much to talk him out of it. I said, this is, okay, this, we got lucky. This is not going to happen. I wasn't being serious. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> we ended up doing 123 of those stories. Wow. I was on David Letterman and Oprah, and it was quite a thing for a while. And we really kind of did prove the adage that everybody has a story, and there was a, a list of great, compelling stories dangling from every payphone in America, which was kind of a surprise to me. And you made me. it hard on yourself, because the first person that said yes, you did it. That's right. I, that was the whole point of it. If you're going to start screening people, that's what we do in news. We find people that we think are good characters. Uh, you guys, that's, you do it all the time, I do it all the time now. And I just was kind of curious after a while, what if you removed all those filters and just took the very first person, who would you get? What kind of sampling of, who, what is our country really all about? Who are we? And so, yeah, if it was whoever it was, we never said no, never. So let's go back to the beginning. How did you get started in the news business? That's one thing we always kind of hit on, how everybody formed. Well, in high school, even before high school, people start asking you, what do you want to do? And you only know about three jobs, police officer, <laughs> fireman, <laughs> you know, doctor, you know, okay, I don't want to be out of those Maybe three. Maybe someday I'll be president. Yeah. yeah, right. Maybe president, yeah. And if you, don't, if, you don't know, if you don't want to be any of those, you just say, I don't know. And through grade school, I don't know. Through high school, a lot of high school, I don't know. And then I got to my high school journalism class, and the teacher was a really good teacher. It was a fun class to be in. I enjoyed it. I excelled at it. I was kind of a little bit of a loser in high school, for lack of a better word. I have a theory that that's why we go into TV news. Yeah, We'll show you where somebody, you'll watch us someday. Look at me now, yeah. So I just picked journalism because I like that teacher, and I never changed my mind. They can make a huge difference. What was your first job in the industry? I got lucky. I got a great internship at the 60th Market. It was my junior between junior and senior year, and they put you on TV as an intern. 
summer intern. I guess they were looking for cheap labor. Where, where was that? <laughs> that was in Toledo. Okay. That's in how Toledo. I've justified many of my jobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess I came cheap. I don't know how I'm here. <laughs> right. But a lot of internships, they don't let you be on camera. Right. So I got to, and then my senior year, they hired me four days a week. So I failed some classes my senior year because I was always up at the TV station. <laughs> Which seems all right, yeah. If you're like, well, I've already Yeah, right. Job, it so. seemed okay. Right. Yeah. You yeah. could justify it that way. So one thing I think you're really good at, because I went back and watched some of your stories, is research of a kind of co course I immediately started crying. <laughs> because your stories, they do get right to the heart of a person. And so quickly... You know, you have a little more time than the average news stories, but you're able to make me feel and fall in love with these characters so quickly. Like, what is your secret? Do you have a question, like a go-to question or a are you trick? Asking, are you going to take my job someday? I want to. <laughs> only when you're done with it, because I, <laughs> I don't think I could fill your shoes by any means. But um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's hard for me. I don't know how I do what I do, to be honest with right. you. I know that um, I pick stories where I do like the person. And there's a formula to it. I want You have to get to know the person before you can care about them. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's good to have a laugh before you have a cry. Uh, if you ever watch old episodes of MASH, uh, it was a very funny show, but at the end you would sometimes be in tears. And I think, you know, we think of those as opposite emotions, but they're kind of intertwined. Right. I mean, you have happy tears, you know, that's a... Quite an oxymoron, you know. It's yeah. a, probably the world's most wonderful oxymoron. But these are wedded together. So, um, and the stories build kind of like waves. Um, I think comedy, good storytelling. You know, it, it, there's a build, and then there's a crash, and then there's a, the lull afterwards. So there's a formula to it. I don't think about it too much if I started thinking about it. And I can't talk to people like you too much because you start to fill my head. My ego gets big. I can't fit out the door. And I don't then I start believe to, that. No, it is true. And I, I don't start believe to, that. I start to like, okay, how do I do what I do? Uh, Wait, no, don't no, make don't me think, think. Yeah, don't make me think. <laughs> just do it. Yeah, I understand that completely. Well, who do you look up to? Because I feel like you're kind of... Not to build you up, but you're kind of the industry <laughs> standard for, you know, those feature stories. But, like, what do you read? Who do you watch? Who do you enjoy? Well, Charles Kuralt, who had my job before me, um, sometimes I will go back and I'll watch his stories. And he was, you think, I'm good. If you go back and watch them, I would strongly suggest the Chandler family reunion story. He, it's about a family, very poor family, but they raised something like nine kids who went on to college. And it's about a five-minute story. The visuals aren't great, but the writing is so exquisite. He goes in for about 15 seconds describing the food on the table. I would lose the audience after mashed potatoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Many of us would, yeah. Uh, but he somehow, somehow held people's interest and did it before we had computers. We write on computers now, so you can write something, you go back. Back in the old days, in fact, when I first started, you're at a typewriter and you got a script in front of you and you kind of start writing from the beginning and you don't go back and change the top. It's too hard. You have to rewrite everything. Um, so, And he would write these things in like 10 minutes. So um, I'm not sure who I'd look up to today, but I look back to the past and I can find inspiration in him. Unfortunately, you're kind of unique in this industry at this point because, like you said, it's so skewed where we focus so much on you know the crime the and everything. And it, yeah. It, it's not actually reality. There are good people out there. And well, I mean, that's how the important problem. do you think that is? That's the problem sometimes that I would say with local news especially, all the coverage of crime. My fear is that it presents the skewed sense of what your community is about. 
People fear crime much more than they should, partly because there's so much of it on TV. It's the easiest thing to cover. You just listen to the scanner and there's a fire or there's a murder, you go out and cover it. You don't have to be that creative to write the story um, because all the information's right there. And it's dramatic in a certain way. But the problem is that uh, it doesn't represent the community. And that's the other reason I think about retiring sometimes, but I don't because I feel like we need that balance because the first 22 minutes of the newscast isn't necessarily who we are. We're much more like the last three minutes. Right, yeah. What, what's your workflow like at this point? I mean, how many, how many days a week do you have a story aired? Once a week, depends. usually I'll tr yeah. we find a story somewhere and travel there and spend a day or two sometimes shooting it, then go back. And I edit my own stories. I work from home. Okay. And uh, so I'll spend, I look at all the tape and I start to piece it together and, and then Friday it, it's on the evening news, 6.30 East Coast time and it's done maybe at 5.30 East Coast time and I send it in over the internet and then spend well, the rest of the weekend with my kids. I think it also helps, I guess, just the way things have changed. So many of your stories now will show up online and then just start getting shared and shared and shared and suddenly it's got this a lot longer lifespan. Than yes, it isn't in the that past. interesting? More yeah. people sometimes see them online than will see them when they're broadcast. And even in schools, another reason that I keep doing this job is because the stories are now used as character education in schools, and we have a network of teachers all across the country that use these stories to, as a launching point to get in discussions about kindness and whatnot. And uh, so it's kind of uh, there's a whole nother audience there. Preachers use them, you know, on Sundays. So, it's, yeah, they start on the evening news or CBS Sunday morning, but sometimes that's just the beginning. Right. And they're still shared. There's stories from five years ago that people say, oh, I saw Pop your up. story on Sunday. I don't even remember doing it. Right. But. You're like, I, me? Yeah. <laughs> they say actors are the same way. They'll, you know, people say a certain line and they're like, I don't. Right. Oh, really? I got nothing on yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I read there was something you did called the Stevening News. Oh, my gosh. This Honey, is why I, I went never back. Want, this is why I never <laughs> wanted to do a podcast. Dredging <laughs> up all these. I found it. <laughs> so it sounded she has like a habit of pulling up embarrassing stuff. So it sounded like an interesting title at the time. I evening love it. News, Stevening News. <laughs> My uh, name is Steve. It fits. <laughs> I used to do a lot of sort of goofy, you know, features like mm -hmm. you see in local news sometimes. I've obviously gotten away from that, but that was a, a, the segment that I did when I was a local news reporter in Los Angeles. Before that, uh, and I always come with clever names for these things. I did Life Around Here in, in New York City, which is probably the most boring name, and then Heart of the Cities in Minneapolis. Oh, I, mm -hmm. I like yeah. it. So, I like it. <laughs> so Stephen News maybe was an improvement about those two. <laughs> but On the, the Road, I'm sticking with On the Road. When they, gave me, when they started calling my segment On the Road, with Charles Carrollton, that 50-year history, right. you know, that was like the most emotional, one of the more emotional moments of my career. It's I can like, imagine. really? You're going to, you want to call my segment on the road? Those, talk about, you know, filling some big shoes. Yeah. But you did have a 30-year hiatus, right? Something like that between there was the two. A, there was a gap between the two, but that made it even more flattering. Right. That after all that time, they would bring back this segment and name it the same Pick that as Charles Carrollton. Yeah. 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 So you honed your, your comedy skills so that you can now make us cry. Because you said you got to make them laugh <laughs> yeah, and make them yeah. cry. So this well, evening news. Well, you some of the great comedians, Tom Hanks, you know. Oh, gosh. They're incredible dramatic actors, It's too. the timing, right? It's yeah, it's the timing. It's to care so much for somebody timing. who's made you laugh. I mean, that's part of it. If somebody, if somebody, if a character has made you laugh, then yes. you grow an attachment to them. Yes. So then when it does get dramatic, you're there with them. Yes. Yeah. So I know you, you kind of shy away from celebrities and, like, you know, you said, I don't want to do those big stories. Those aren't. Those aren't the ones I want. Is there anyone that you would make an exception for? 
that you want to do a story on? Paul Rudd. Oh, good one. <laughs> he seems like a fun guy. No, he's real down to earth. Yeah. The problem with interviewing celebrities is that they've been interviewed so many times that you get these canned answers. I've been interviewed a few times, and I've, I have to resist that too because you've answered the question before. Sometimes you just Your spew pattern. the same. Yeah, it's a pattern. You spew the, you spew the same answer. Um, so uh, somebody like Paul Rudd, I think, is a really down to earth. He's been married to the same woman for a long time. Just seems like a regular guy. Right. Um, I could do that one. That would be a good one. And he's so funny. He's really he's funny. so funny. Now, when your stories air, if it comes out, and uh, Glore is crying. <laughs> You consider that? Oh, that's a big deal. That's like, a big yes, deal. Yeah. My, yes. So my, I, my wife is I don't a huge feel fan guilty <laughs> cashing my paycheck when that happens. <laughs> so my wife's a huge fan of your stories, and if it comes out and, and he's crying and she's crying, she's like, "Got us again." <laughs> it's just, and so I, I just wondered if you had the same reaction when you saw him tear up. It's interesting because anchor men, some exceptions here in the room, um, you know, can have this reputation of being real staid and you know stoic and just delivering the news and that's not who they are often so I, I, I think that's almost part of my role is show these are the people bringing the news are real people and though there are rare moments like sometimes at the end of these stories where you get to see Jeff Glore who for who Jeff Glore really is and before that Scott Pelley yeah, he was really Mr. News <laughs> even get, more yeah yeah, yeah you get him crying it's never my intention to make people cry, though. I'm actually trying to make people happy. That was kind of an accident that this whole, you know, being sponsored by Kleenex thing happened, which I'm not. But <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. You but should people be. People always tell me I should be. <laughs> but I like it's never that. my intention. But I think, I mean, if people didn't care about those people, you don't cry. You know, you have to care to cry. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. All right, since you won't tell me how you make, make people do that, or since you don't know <laughs> I how I don't you make know, them, <laughs> yeah. I wish I knew. So, I, you know, obviously I'm sure you have producers now, I would assume, that help you find these stories and scour the country, and people probably reach One out producer, to you. One producer, and nobody producer. reaches out to me. They don't. Nobody sends you no. stories. I'm not sure why. I know when Corral did this 50 years ago, mm -hmm. and everybody was watching CBS and Walter Cronkite, People would send in letters galore. He would have files for each individual town, you know, so he'd pull into town in his Winnebago and he could pull out the file for Toledo and he'd have 10 wow. stories. But now, because the audience is so fragmented mm -hmm. um, and people think that we, we have all these millions of ideas and it's hard to choose from, nobody sends us anything. So we're always desperate for stories every day, just like you are. I don't know what I'm doing next Thank week. We're not alone. <laughs> Thank goodness. So how did, you know, then how do you find these people? Well, I have uh, an associate producer, mm -hmm. that's her job. That's right. her, she has many other tech jobs, but that's her primary job, is to find something for us to tell every week. And she'll look through local newspapers, she'll check out your website, I'm sure, looking for what you guys have done and all over the country, and things that are you know, big on the internet, and mm -hmm. she tries to find something that fits our little niche, yeah. that hasn't been done. And that's right. kind of what we do sometimes, you know, it, looking through the local papers, seeing what's yeah. in the surrounding counties, and yeah. yours is just the country. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. so cool. So one thing, you know, I think why we enjoy the podcast is because you can go a little longer. You can get to know people a little better, go more in depth. That's what I don't like about the podcast. I, 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 I'm seeing that more and more. We're not making him feel great about this decision. <laughs> It was the Stephen news. <laughs> yeah, so what go. does it mean to you? Like, you get more time than the average story. Mm -hmm. Like, talk about how important that time is, because there's only so many minutes in a newscast. Right. Well, that's, I mean, time's very valuable. And there's been a trend in our business to make things shorter and shorter and shorter. And if you watch, you know, ABC News, 
their stories are extremely short though and, and it limits kind of what the kind of stories you can tell because it's got to be something that you can sum up in just a, a sentence or two sometimes right. or, or a quick viral video that kind of explains itself so the fact that I get two and a half minutes which is a long time as you say in news is a very is a big privilege and a, an immense responsibility and you don't want people to change the channel and I've gotten at this point I think people give me a a chance, a little, leeway. When a, a little yeah. leeway. So if they're not hooked in the story of the first 15 seconds, they'll, they'll go, we know he's going somewhere with this. We'll, we'll, um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But it is, it is longer than most, and it's got to deliver at the end. Mm -hmm. But I got the whole country to choose from. And, that does and make as, it, and it as easier, I, a little and bit. And as I learned when I was picking people at random out of the phone book, people are good, yeah. you know, a lot better than we give them credit for. So there's a, there's a good story in most everybody. And yeah. even if it's not quite the story we're hoping for, there's still goodness in there. You just got to mine it. Right. Yeah. And I know you, you did a story with your dad that really affected me so deeply. And I think, Victor, there's one thing that you will relate to. So I think you were at the Grand Canyon, and your dad saw some change. And he's, he was just like, I think we, I think we could do it. <laughs> like, we could go down there and get the it. the fence at the Grand Canyon <laughs> <laughs> and try to collect 35 cents. You know, yeah. sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. <laughs> Andrew and I are exactly. both pretty frugal, so that's oh, kind of... This dress is from Goodwill. <laughs> we, we, we were out one... I was on my lunch break one time, and I stopped into a Goodwill, because that's one of the benefits of the job, is getting to swing by all these Goodwills and Peddler's Malls. And who's in there but Andrea? And we look at each other like... Hey, guys. <laughs> she was off work. I was on my lunch break. We're like, we're this isn't just, good for the station's reputation. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, people are like, are those news anchors just no. hanging out? Do they not pay no, them? No, I'm going to disagree here. I think that's very good for the station's reputation. Right. Who wants somebody? who's so pompous that they will only go to Talbots. See, there you right. go. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I like, right. I like your, your yeah. view of things. Well, so what does your family think of your job? Of, of just, I mean, at this point... <laughs> my kids barely know what I do. It's <laughs> not like any other kids. Do they have yeah. any interest? Or hey, they just... you guys, my, uh, my story's on. Nah, that's all right, Dad. <laughs> we are not you. Because my mom sometimes, whenever I first started anchoring, I'd say, hey, did you, did you see this morning? She's like, oh, when are you on? I'm like... Same when time. you are yeah. yeah, same time every morning. When, you forgot the other day when you were on, though. That's true. <laughs> I, did. I think also, yeah, it's, it, it does happen. Yeah, he yeah. said this podcast is sponsored by what, the 4.30? Yeah, it turns out. And I'm he on comes on at 4, like as a joke. Oh, <laughs> he didn't that's even funny. know. You poor thing. All right, I think we're almost out of time. All right, yeah, they're probably getting ready to kick us out. But I appreciate you saying that just about, you know, since I'm a morning show anchor, I like giving people a reason to wake up in the morning. Because sometimes you watch it and you're like, I don't want to get out of bed. Like, the world can be harsh. Right. So thank you for showing us that there are good people out there and, and for taking the time to do this with us and do your first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Highlight, highlighting the best in people. Yeah. Do you have any final words, final words of advice and wisdom? Uh, just do one podcast. That's enough. There you go. <laughs> we are the one and only podcast he's ever done. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, thank talking you. to us. Thank you for having me. Well, Andrea, what'd you think? I mean, obviously, I'm so thankful, first of all, that you ripped that paper out of my hand with all my questions. And <laughs> well, notes. I was afraid we'd be able to hear it uh, crackling as you were. I mean, my hands were shaking. That's yeah. how nervous I was because yeah. I just respect this guy so much. So I was like, I can't be my typical crazy self. Like, I'm t I took it very seriously because, I mean, that's an opportunity to talk to someone who's that good at what they do. And yeah. he, didn't, he didn't divulge too many secrets, which I was hoping he well, would. Well, but it seems like there's... I don't know there if there's a one. secret. Yeah, it's generally just hard work, time, and experience, and you He's know, easy to talk to. Letting I mean, people you could learn see that. about people. Yeah, 
yeah, he he was very easy to talk to. It was fun. He it, that was the interesting thing I thought about it afterwards. Like, oh, he started off by asking us questions about ourselves, mm-hmm. which I think made us a little more comfortable. Yeah, it did. He thought we were married. Yeah, <laughs> probably not the first person to make that mistake. And yeah. I, I think he thought it was funny how quickly we both said no, gross, <laughs> no. But uh, I ended up going to Georgetown that night. Yeah. to see him speak again. I didn't get enough. You know what I mean? And he was just just as good and he showed a lot of the stories that he's put together some of his favorites and of course I was blubbering mess for every one of them I'm like I don't know how he does it like I yeah. said so quickly he makes always me makes, fall in love with these he people he always makes Mandy cry and sometimes yeah. me but also just oh, you know me. talking about going in mm-hmm. and some of the behind the scenes stuff and follow ups like it just made it even better seeing him present his own stories and these people it was it was so so great. And, and sometimes he'll do a really good story and then an even better story is when he fall, he does mm-hmm. visit those people again to see how things have progressed. Yeah. So that's But uh, nice. also his, his segment with Bill turned out really good. His newsmaker's yeah. segment with Bill was was great. So it, it was just cool to see him here in person. And I was he's in, exactly what I thought he was. Yeah, he was he what you wanted to be. exactly <laughs> what he, he sounds. Because a lot of people are like, you look different in real life. He doesn't. He's the same person. Mm-hmm. I was impressed that I didn't fall asleep during the interview, so that was pretty good. Yeah, you came in early for that one. Well, yeah, the uh, one of the Sweet 16 games, because we anchored after that, or I I filled in an anchoring after that, so we went on at 1220, mm. and then I came back in for the to interview him at 8 the next morning, so. Oh, my gosh. Still don't think I'm o- still don't think I'm over it. I think you're still semi-asleep right but now. But it was very, yeah, it was exciting, and, and yeah, I... I I really appreciate that you went to the trouble to do that to get to get to. Well, talk I appreciated to so you, cool. you know, kind of bringing me back down to earth a little bit because I needed someone. So people, you all don't understand. We're sitting there, uh, the two of us facing him, and then parts of the video is actually in, in a story that uh, you put together that day. And we're sitting there talking to him. And I look over, and Andrea has this long sheet of notes, all these questions <laughs> she wanted Filled. to ask him, and she she's holding it real tightly, hands on either side of this piece of paper, and I see the hands just shaking. I know. And. Instead of just talking to him, she's like, "So let's see, uh, how did Which you?" Which is so it was, not it was, me. I know that's, at that's all. what I had never seen you like that. I, I thought, "Oh, Andrea shook." <laughs> <laughs> I was. So I yeah, was. as you heard me say, just uh, okay, let's put this paper down and let's right. Let's just talk. Oh yeah, it helped. It made it much a much more natural process than it probably would have been because I didn't want to be you know like a college student reading off paper you know my. <laughs> Questions. You're a professional, Andrew. I'm a professional. It came out. You did a good job. All right, so let's let's transition to favorite things, and okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out a quote that he actually said while we were at that uh, speech at Georgetown that night, and it was that um, your enemy is someone else's best friend, and it came at a really good time for me mm. because I I feel like sometimes I get my feelings hurt easily or I can get so upset and just dwell on things way too long and I think it's so important to remember that you know what even if sometimes you get in disagreement with somebody or you know you think this person is this it's so important to remember that you're only seeing a small part of them Mm -hmm. and they're somebody else's best friend so it just hit me at the right moment and it really I it stuck with me and I was like you know what I need to keep looking for the good in people because that's what he does and so I yeah that was really good for me, and it, it so that's just, that's your your favorite thing is that quote. Me. I like yeah. that quote. I yeah, I never heard that, and it makes good sense. It was a good one. It was All a right. good one. Uh, my favorite thing this week is food related. I'm because, shocked. Well, so here's the thing, uh, Mandy. Or so Friday night, Sam had a story about barbecue, 
mm, in Kansas City. Yes. And watching that story made me want some barbecue. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I wasn't able to go that night because Mandy met me for lunch. And we went out to a nearby chain steak place. And I had to sen- send my steak back uh, three times. So that was what? an experience. They ended up just taking it off the bill. So that was nice. Bet you got a good amount of spit in <sighs> from, the, <laughs> from the chef. And I'm normally, Mandy and I are both former servers. We right. I, try I to be great customers. I didn't peg you as someone that would do that. And so, but well, I had ordered medium Lightly. rare and it came out. It was gray. Ooh. It had been, it was basically well done. And I said, yeah. please send it back. And it, I almost just ate it anyway. I was like, oh, I, but it was it was so bad. So I send it back, and it comes back out this giant a new steak, and I cut it open, and it's just bloody, like oh bright gosh. red. And I look at the server, and she looks at me, and she goes, uh, "I'm gonna take that back." I'm like, yeah, yes, please, thank you. So oh, they, man. they just because you hate to do it, but you are also spending money. Like, exactly, that's my thing. It's steaks like, well, aren't we're cheap. For it. It's like you want to. Even on the way out, one of the the bartenders, she's like, "Do you eventually get your food?" I said, ah, "Kind of." She's like, "You know, we got some new staff, and we're working on it." come back and, like, and oh, that's i always we'll try to keep that in mind i'm exactly. like you know what they like, could be training somebody because i've been there i mean that's the thing person. and then the, the server kept apologizing and it's like you know it's not it's not your fault you're not the one back yeah, there we get it, it. we've you, been there i'm we sure this it. is just as awful for you as it is for me there <laughs> so, you go yeah oh so, that's the worst because yeah. you feel like it's your fault oh, and it's not that's the thing i've been i've been there yeah um so the next day when was it saturday maybe it was that was saturday so we decided to go eat at Lyle's Barbecue on Clay's Mill mm, Road, yes. which Mandy and I had never been to, even though we live you know, close to it. I'm, I'm not going to give my exact address, unlike uh, you telling everybody exactly where you live. <laughs> um, but we live close to it. We'd just never gone there. And so uh, there is a Mexican restaurant we love right next to it called La Marquesa. But we decided, you know, let's just stop in and check it out. And I was very, very happy. Oh, so good. you know, I'll eat city barbecue every now and then, but I always feel real heavy afterwards. Mm-hmm. This stuff was – the barbecue – was was pretty good and here's the thing uh, i think barbecue is delicious it's amazing for me good barbecue on the list of food is near the top so pretty good barbecue fantastic right like that's that's great for me uh but the sides oh were, were some of the best sides i've ever had yes the, well uh, he has many got on the mac the and cheese oh Vera loved the green beans. She was killing those Honestly, green beans. Honestly, mac the and cheese is salad. hard to do well. Yeah. No, yeah, for, especially in a restaurant because you, yes. it's so easy to overdo like stuff. It's grainy. Or uh, my potato salad was oh, it was awesome. So, yeah, the, the, I mean, Lyle's Barbecue. I was I was down. We'll be back. And it's a good old, like, local place. Yeah. Like, these people are from here. And I, I think they started in Nicholasville. Oh, really? Like, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. I think they started, like, next to a gas station. Huh. And it's so good. Yeah. So good, and oh, that's what we we both just killed it. Like our food was just gone. He and I judged a uh, like a contest for the Fraternal Order of Firefighters had this camp out out at the Kentucky Horse Park, and they it was like a cooking competition. So we had barbecued chicken and <laughs> nice. steaks, and oh, I ate so much food. <laughs> and he, it was so neat to just hear like an expert yeah, talk was about say, what yeah, you should be looking for. Because I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, this, it all this tastes, tastes good. good to me. Yeah, yeah. he's like, well, no, the textures. Blah, blah, yeah, yeah, so he he helped me a lot, but. Cool. If you haven't been there, that is a good spot. It's good to know the you know owned by a cool cool. Maybe dude, they can be our so. first sponsor. Yeah, we'll see. Lost <laughs> barbecue. If you'd like to sponsor us, just in food, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. But yeah, good barbecue and um, good people. Amazing sides. Yes. Get, mm. get those mac. Get that mac and cheese. And they also the other thing was they had all like the six different sauces on the table, and I, I'm like I'm gonna try them all. Um, the the bourbon sauce was a little odd. I guess I've never really had bourbon on barbecue. Like bourbon. sounds good to me. <laughs> 
Oh, it was edible. I mean, that, but I like I like mixing the sweet and spicy. That's my thing. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it was all good. We can go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I was gonna say I could just sit and talk about my barbecue experience for a long time at Lyle's Barbecue, but it was very good. Uh, yeah. So if you're in the area, that's that's my favorite thing this yeah. week. Yeah. Looking forward to next week. We actually are a little ahead right now, so we actually know who our I know we uh, we could actually. <laughs> it is Ray Brown, one of our photographers, and I think. Uh, only Barbara is senior to him on the staff. He's been here a I long didn't realize time. That. Yeah. yeah, so he has a, a wealth of stories. Yes, he has plenty to of tell, stories. And, and he an, tells them well. And what an upbringing. Yeah, he had a tough life. Yeah. Yeah. When you work with somebody as much as like we work with our photographers, you know, you get to know each other pretty well. And I knew that about, about Ray, and I didn't think a lot of people did, but I don't know. It's, it's amazing the things you don't know about people. Yeah. That's what I've enjoyed about this, yeah. getting to know it's people's backstories and letting everybody else know about them. So, Well, everybody, thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with Steve Harpman. If uh, this was your first experience with uh, this podcast, because I, I'd imagine a name like that might bring in some new listeners, go back, start at episode one where we uh, interview each other. That's kind of uh, the get-to-know-us part. And then, you know, listen through. And it's, also, it was his first podcast and only podcast ever. I couldn't believe ever. that when he said, yeah. because uh, People have asked, and he never did it. Yeah, we said, well, I'm sure you've done plenty of these. And he goes, no, this is my first podcast. What? I know, and he'll never do it again, I think. Well, <laughs> After he's that. already perfected it, you know. I he know, did, he's amazing. It was great. So, um, yeah, why go out on top? Yeah, there you go. And if you haven't checked out his segments, just look up On the Road on YouTube and go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one. It, it is Have the Kleenex. Time. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.